Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. The new gold rush has begun. This time, we can all be winners. Tesla's 5 million square foot battery plant being built at the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center has showcased the incredibly rich resources and potential of our region. A new migration of high-tech companies are descending on northern Nevada, both to supply services to Tesla, but also because TRI has finally been discovered as industry's next technology hub, but with unlimited real estate and infrastructure and without burdensome taxes and bureaucracy. The relocating companies require business services, training, and workforce development beyond current capacity. They also need best-in-class resources and services not previously available in northern Nevada. My guest today, Tom Teramina, is the executive director for the Center for Business Excellence, an organization looking to provide the infrastructure to help existing resources meet the challenges of the new Nevada business landscape while introducing world-class business tools and processes. Tom has a unique perspective from having worked with more than 600 companies in his 41-year career, bringing a rare talent for precision problem diagnosis and strategic thinking. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Sherry. Good to be with you again. Yes, you know, we've had a relationship for many years, and I have always learned from you and just value everything you bring to the table. And we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, 12 books you've written (laughs) and certainly the um, involvement that you have and the excitement that's going on in northern Nevada right now. But someone who is, you know, is dialed in and, and really as a strategic thinker, you see that there are some issues we're facing. And while everyone is all excited, the reality is if we can't meet demand, we're in trouble. Well, first of all, I thrive on flattery, so thank you. <laughs> and I have to I have to let your listeners know that we have been working together for many years, and your services that uh, that you provided to my different groups have been invaluable. So thank you, thank you. Yes, indeed, uh, there are a number of us here in the region who have been senior consultants or senior business leaders for many many years, and it's interesting that I've been able to bring this group together. Our, our passion and our understanding of what's going on is that all of a sudden Tesla has moved in and bring Panasonic with them and other unnamed partners. And they initially predicted 6,500 people for their gigafactory. But if you fast forward a little bit to the predictions being made by Edon, they're talking about 51,000 new jobs by 2019. Well, I don't think our region has ever dealt with those kinds of of numbers before. I I know they haven't. And so we've taken it on ourselves to uh, talk with all of the different service agencies. Over the years, I've done work for UNR and and WNC and TMCC and VIE. So I went back out on the road again and sat down with my friends and said, 
okay, who's in charge of workforce development for Tesla? And the answer seems to be everyone and no one. So the promise that our governor made to Tesla and the others of a trained workforce, we believe needs some strategic direction. So the Center for Business Excellence uh, has been launched. There's 14 of us on the board now, and we are we are asking to be the service providers for all of the companies that uh, have an interest in workforce development. All right. Well, and, you know, I liked your statement that, you know, everyone and no one, because if you went out to all these individual, you know, the colleges, the university, the um, workforce development organizations, the economic development organizations, they all look at it as their little piece or part and who is actually then codifying all of this and go, you know, are we all operating from the same sheet of music? Do we have a strategic plan? And why I know I can ask you this question is because that is your, I mean, your forte, strategic planning. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just me. In our, in our little cadre of, uh, of folks, we've got our operations manager uh, is the former program manager of the International Space Station. So he has a little bit of program management experience. Um, I've been senior consultant to Dell Computer and Ford Motor Credit. And over the, over the years, large-scale program management has become uh, kind of what we all do. There are many other. Bob Block is, uh, lives here also. Every, almost everyone is local, if you call Nevada local. But Bob Block has 200 patents. He's uh, he's uh, got an honorary Ph.D. from the Sports Institute. He's he's got uh, he's on the, the Shanghai Board of Trade. He's actually very quite. I've had lunch with him several <laughs> times, and he, it's just fascinating to uh, listen to his stories because they're almost unbelievable. Well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and and that's just a representation mm-hmm. of the, of the whole group that that we put together. And the other part of it is we're not looking for a job. We're not. We're, at this point in our careers, we are looking to endow the, the region with all of the experiential data that we've got, the, the books we've written, and transfer knowledge to the rest of the community. It's, it would be an absolute sin if we checked out of this, this world and kept all of the experiences we've had. I was, I was on duty the night of Apollo 13. I lived through that. I, it was... Is something I love to talk about because it says, if we can fix a, a, a spaceship 100,000 miles from Earth, your business problems can't be that bad. Right. <laughs> a little perspective, <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, when you think about, you know, so that's kind of the why. The Center for Business Excellence is really bringing that that talent base, uh, very seasoned entrepreneurs, business owners, consultants, people who have been there and done that. And, you know, one of the things that I find really interesting, certainly in our community, because very active in it, is that I don't think a lot of business owners think big enough. That's exactly right. It's, it's a scalability thing. I, I can't tell you how talented the people are at the universities and all of the different the different colleges and the, the different agencies are such passion that they put into their work. Ann Silver at Join is just amazing with the work she does. But if you add up all of that work, all of the folks do, it's a fraction of what's coming, what's going to hit us in the face. 
And as I said, every agency that we've met with, with over 30 agencies in the last six months, and every one of them is very good at what they do. Every one of them is passionate. But my goodness, the, the scale of what is about to hit us is just beyond what most people can do. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Tom Terramina, who's here representing the Center for Business Excellence, along with some other things we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. However, so as people are really trying to grasp the magnitude of what is about to hit us, if you're saying 51,000 jobs are going to become available, and why we know that, it's just not the Tesla. I mean, I met a gentleman... Two weeks ago, he's opening a big, giant manufacturing and distribution center. They're going to employ 600 people. They weren't even mentioned anywhere, you know. So there is a lot of activity going on. And so based on what you guys see as strategic thinkers, as program and project managers, what are we missing? Uh, Well, what we're missing is, as you said, strategic planning, looking at things strategically. This community is, is, is historically segmented into warehousing, mining, gaming. And each of those segments has their own culture. The culture that these new companies are bringing to the area is totally different than the environment we live in now. I don't want to draw too many parallels to Silicon Valley. I'll get thrown out. I've lived here 19 years. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but the, it is, if you look back at the history of Silicon Valley when that hit, it created a new environment. There, we're going to be seeing new people here, and hopefully we're going to be seeing people who are unemployed and unemployable by today's definition transition by some of these wonderful organizations that, that do the workforce development. And we're going, to, uh, we're going to develop a northern Nevada culture that's more like Stanford Research East or uh, perhaps uh, one of the other big centers where we are we are really in, we are on the drawing board. We are intending to build a center at the, the industrial park, the, the learning center. Not meant to compete with anybody, but it is those those strategic thinkers, uh, people who have uh, knowledge to, like Bob Block to share with with everybody. We're going to hopefully raise the bar. Uh, all boats rise on the high tide. And that's exactly what the purpose of CBE is, is to raise the, raise the bar. Well, and again, when you think about the opportunity for, you know, what's ahead, especially for people that are already here, existing business owners. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's helping them to further innovate and participate and really think about how they can play in the um, economic development of what's going on. And so, you know, it's very exciting. However, I'm a logical thinker, and so when you go, okay, well, what are we looking at? About five years, right? Tesla up and fully running in five years, but during these five years, there's a lot going on and more demand, and of course, employers concerned about retaining their good workforce. So who, in your opinion, is leading this ship? Um, unfortunately, I don't see a single leader leading the ship. Uh, Edon is doing an incredible job with their resources of pulling all of this together. Uh, Join is doing a wonderful job on the supply side of the picture with, uh, with training people. But the governor promised <laughs> a work trained workforce, 
And again, in the interviews I've done with more than 30 companies, everyone is scrambling, trying to get their piece put together. But without someone actually driving the ship and keeping score and really reporting back to the governor's office on our progress, uh, we are going to set ourselves up for failure. Well, because the big unknown is what kind of workforce? Exactly. <laughs> that, that is really the question. Matter of fact, that's what we're working on right now. We are doing interviews because the one question that everybody is asking is, give me one job description. Just one. Just tease me with one job description. And they're not forthcoming. They say, well, there's construction, there's warehousing, there's technical. That that doesn't help us define the resources we need. So we've taken it on. Uh, CBE is a not-for-profit. We're privately funded. So we can do a lot of things that the schools and state agencies can't do. So just like we made up our mind to go to the moon, we, we've made up our mind to make sure that everybody succeeds in this effort. Every Everyone who wants a piece of this pie is going to be successful. I like your statement. Let's take a man to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> we just did it. Well, made up our minds and did it. We'll figure that out, right? <laughs> All we're trying to do is get someone to pass Fernley. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Robert Cornish from Reno, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she supports coaching. Sherry Hill is taking care of business. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Jade Gilmore from Sparks, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because of the business tools she teaches. Sherry Hill is a wealth of business knowledge. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. The most profound lesson from Project Apollo, putting a man on the moon, is that when Americans make up their minds to undertake impossible goals, we achieve them by working together on a single vision where failure is not an option and all of humanity benefits from our successes. My guest, Tom Terramina, was a member of the Apollo 13 disaster recovery team at Mission Control in Houston. His experiences during his 14 years at NASA formed the foundation for his ability to rapidly analyze problems, diagnose solutions, and work with enlightened business people to implement successful outcomes. This skill set makes him a highly sought-after consultant, frequent speaker, and prolific author. Number 12, It Was Rocket Science, was just released. 
Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Sherry. Good to be here. Yeah, so we've been talking about the Center for Business Excellence, which is a group of about 14 really brilliant, smart, energetic, old guys. Old guys. (laughs) So you got that part. (laughs) All coming together to go, you know what? We've got to transfer our knowledge. And so one of the foundations for the Center for Business Excellence is something you call the Apollo Business Model. So why don't you share what that is? I will. Thank you. Um, As you mentioned, my 12th book is called It Was Rocket Science. Uh, In working with more than 600 companies over the last 40 years and reflecting back on how we won the space race in seven years, uh, I finally was able to put together in one succinct place the what we did to bring all of these companies and people together during Gemini and Apollo, I mean, there was two-man machine shops working with IBM, working with Philco, the company I worked for, and we all had the same vision. We all had the same mission. Failure was not an option. We're not going to hurt anybody in space. Uh, the, it's going to go off without a hitch. We're going to meet all of our goals. And it was just such an incredible time uh, after Apollo 13, I was asked repeatedly, oh, boy, that must have been exciting that first night with all the – I said, you know what? We just did what we were trained to do. And that was it. We, we trained. We simulated. We had documented procedures. We had that single vision. I heard JFK say we were going to the moon when I was in high school. On my 19th birthday, I packed up my little Corvair and moved from New York City to Houston. I put myself through the university and I pestered enough people until I got a job at NASA. And so that was the culture. That was the foundation for all of this. And in codifying it in the book and then creating what I call the Apollo business model, it brings together a pattern, a model for business leaders, community leaders, any, anyone in a leadership position to look through the nine tenets of the Apollo business model and say, if I do these in my company – Failure is not an option. To wit, the biggest problem that I deal with with companies these days is liability. I'm also an expert witness in product liability. And I see far too many of these companies in court that have, that have abdicated their, their moral obligation to the world to deliver products that are safe. So in that context, the Apollo business model, I, I have proven over the years that you can ship zero defective products. It really is possible. And I'd be happy to talk to you about that. But, <laughs> but that and, and I encourage people <laughs> that you should reach out to Tom for that. So unless you you can pay for them now or you can pay for them as your uh, witness against you, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's three times the rate. You probably don't <laughs> yeah. want to do that. But that is, it's just an imperative that this nation is facing right now of we're perfecting mediocrity. We're not looking at the big picture. Again, the gray hair gives me the gives me the license to say, you know, Sherry, you wouldn't have that cell phone that's sitting in front of you if we hadn't gone to the moon. Well, he wouldn't have that laptop that the that the producer's using right now. They would not exist. Eventually, they would have, and they'd be in some rudimentary form. But the fact that we went to the moon was the the motivator for that for Tang for all of the spinoffs that you and I have heard over the years. What people don't know is current day on the International Space Station, they are making medical breakthroughs every day. They're making breakthroughs in in manufacturing on the space station every day. 
Nobody pays any attention to it. Mm-hmm. If we are going to solve our social, economic, and our human problems, we need to go somewhere. We need to take the Apollo business model and replicate it again for some big project. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm not a I'm well, a actually, I just saw a whole thing on, I think it was PBS, a guy that's mapping the ocean floors, right. because discovery of the ocean floors, and he did mention, you know, we've gone to the moon, why don't we know what's underneath us, because our planet is massive. So, someone is working on that, but only two people on the whole world know about it. So, exactly. Right? And, and it also is the people that say, well, why are we spending so much money on sending people to in space or to do these sort of research projects, they're looking at the world myopically. They're not doing it for the uh, fame and glory of Indiana Jones. They're doing it because when they find these discoveries, these the Hubble telescope has opened up the, the universe literally to us as far as the origin of the universe. Well, how does that help me when I'm working uh, at the casino tonight on my, my shift? Well, I don't think you can make that connection readily, but every innovation, every medical innovation, every technology innovation is somehow created to the is somehow related to this massive research that that individuals are doing. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, let's boil that down to, you know, northern Nevada right now or actually the whole state of Nevada. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're sure. in we're in a huge transition. And, you know, that's what we were talking about last segment, that realistically, as exciting as it is, there's still a lot of people here that don't even know what's going on. (laughs) Second, there's a whole lot of people here that want to be involved and engaged in it, but they don't know how. Correct. And then you have really no one laying that vision like JFK. I want to be, I want to put a man on the moon in eight years. Right. And And it happened. Yeah. We don't have that. So how do we expect to get to the end of about a five-year window here where all these big, giant companies are coming, and then what? Well, my, my little <laughs> band of merry gray hairs is, is attempting to answer that question. Uh, we, I mean, we, we have a very dynamic governor. He's, he caused this, this revolution to happen. Uh, whether people know it or not, I, I spent 33 years in Houston, and I watched Houston grow from 100,000 to 4 million, and that was strategically done. It wasn't space. It wasn't oil. It was it was everything, and our governor seems to have a grasp on that. I, uh, he and Dean Heller, I know Dean Heller's got a grasp on it, but once again, what do you do? Who do you call? Who's the, who's the 411 you call? And that's difficult because there are many large consulting firms around the world that will come in and and fix all of our problems. But it's got to be grassroots. It's got to be here. We know our culture. Uh, I lived in Story County for 19 years. I mean, goodness, uh, that's a a grounding. (laughs) It's unique. I will say that. But it is a lot of fun. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. With guest Tom Terramina, who is here representing as executive director of the Center for Business Excellence. And Tom being, you know, strategically thinking and really looking at, because um, you're a big thinker. And so when you think big, you have to look at everything as what is the end result out here. And there's never an end, but um, so I keep coming back to, you know, for those that are 
are wondering, you know, how is Tesla moving here? And of course, all the unknowns going to affect me, like you said, I'm going to go punch in at, uh, you know, work tonight and do my job and go home and turn on television. You know, how how is it going to impact me? Well, one of the things that's already impacted is some of these companies are hiring people away from existing companies. So some of the dialogue we've had is, oh, my God, my goodness, there's, my people are leaving. They're going somewhere else, uh, which is not terribly unusual, and especially in the casino industry. But they're literally going out of the industry, and they're, they're being, uh, they're being uh, romanced away by an entirely new, uh, an entirely new set of industries and, and an entirely new set of, of skills. So how does it affect me personally? Well, if I'm happy uh, in my present job, then enjoy the ride. But if I have children who are looking for careers, if I have grandchildren, I've got great-grandchildren. <laughs> Uh, but that's another story. Uh, if if you are interested in what's going on, what's going to be the future of our community, then it's time for you to start becoming educated. The Center for Business Excellence is going to start doing uh, informational workshops, pro bono, free. Uh, we hope to be working with the Cube on having uh, having some workshops there, and then we'll start larger and larger. But each workshop is is going to be there for one reason. We're going to pick one of the topics off of the topic list that we've already come up with. Uh, and we're going to bring people in to talk about strategic thinking, quality as a profit center, uh, how do you ship defect-free products, how do you survive business success. That's one of my favorite topics. These are all workshops that, we, that the group of us has, have put on in the past. Genuine dialogue. How do you talk with one another? How does, how does a business owner... How does a business owner communicate with these people? We've discovered that most business owners have no idea how they're perceived by the people that work for them. Mm-hmm. So in in moving towards the goal that you're speaking of, of how do we service Tesla and, and the other new industries, it's becoming aware, the business leaders becoming aware of what's available to them in the way of world-class business process management. And you can take strategic planning, as, you, as you've so aptly put it, and boil that down to a little more grounded uh, concept that I call a series of – everything is a series of interrelated processes. Everything we do from brushing our teeth to running our companies is a series of interrelated processes. And going to the moon was a series of interrelated processes. So in the 600-plus companies I've worked with, I just look for what's the vision, what's the mission, what is the the person who is in charge. If it's a corporation, that's a problem because most corporation presidents report to a board of directors. So that can be problematic. But in any environment where people really want to succeed, the first thing we do is vision, vision mission, and values. And then we start looking at everything that's going on as a series of inter- interrelated processes that are measurable. And it really gets down to that. So as we start putting on these workshops uh, and getting people engaged to think, my my new tagline is think outside the globe. The heck with thinking outside the box, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> let's think outside the globe. And let's look at whatever business you're in. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Whatever it is, let's look at where you want to go. Because if you don't plan 
where you're going to go. You're going to get there anyway, but it may not be where you want it to be. Exactly. Well, and I can only imagine the presenters because they're going to be your group of uh, gray hairs, as you call them. <laughs> but these these guys are really smart. And so I already know I'm going to that one, How to Survive Business Success, because I love that title. But if somebody wanted to find out more about the Center for Business Excellence, do you want them to go to your website? Where would you like them to go? Well, that's a good place to start is at cbenv.com. cbenv.com is the, the, the website for the Center for Business Excellence. We also have uh, the website for my organization, which is called Apollo Business Solutions. And it has an even more cryptic web, uh, name for the website, O Resonance, Organizational Resonance, abbreviated to O Resonance. Uh, organizational Resonance is one of the one of the uh, workshops we're going to do, and it says, you know, regardless of what your business is, we can make it harmonized. We can make it all resonate together with some very simple steps. So, if you're interested in talking about specifics, check out oresonance.com. It has my contact information. If you need to know more about CBE, please check out cbenv.com. All right, we'll be right back. This is Carl Gearhart from SCORE. This is Steve Rath from SCORE. This is Irene DeHuff from SCORE. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she interacts with almost every organization in the Reno area that helps startups and existing businesses. Sherry Hill is a business owner's best friend. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. My guest today, Tom Terramina, is a senior business advisor in the fields of business process and quality system management and in organizational excellence. Tom has authored 12 books in these fields. He has helped companies from startups to Fortune 100s like Dell Computer, Burlington Northern Railroad, and Ford Motor Credit achieve their most challenging goals. He has served on the board of directors of the Northern Nevada Development Authority and was a co-founder of Apex, the Nevada State Quality Award. His 12th book, It Was Rocket Science, reveals the business model of Project Apollo that enables business leaders to achieve enterprise success utilizing the same processes used to win the space race in less than a decade. Also from the book, he shares the steps to solving impossible problems learned from the Apollo 13 disaster in space. 
Tom is a certified management consultant and a certified manager of quality and organizational excellence. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Sherry. Great to be with you. So I'm always one of the first on the list to get your latest book. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, they're just so fascinating and so enlightening because of your background and your experience. But let's share with our listeners. I mean, why would somebody need to read It Was Rocket Science? (laughs) That's a great question. Let me preface it by the fact that my working title for so long on this book was called Perfecting Mediocrity. (laughs) And the publishers just really couldn't get their arms around that. So the early chapters of It Was Rocket Science deal a great deal with the cultural issues that face us uh, in our time. As a matter of fact, one of the, the fun things in there is I go through song lyrics from the 1900s through today And if you just go from Hoagy Carmichael's lyrics to some of the current uh, bands and and what's in them, I can't even repeat them on the radio, Uh, it's fascinating to watch our culture ebb and flow as it has. So the setup for the book is let's just take a moment uh, and reflect. I'm a big reflector. No, wait a minute. That didn't come out right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are shiny. You're a shiny object to me. (laughs) Let me me put it a different way. I do a great deal of introspection about what is it, what has gotten us to this point, not only in in society or or in northern Nevada or in my household. It's what are the steps we have followed over the years that have brought us to the absolute pinnacle of, I'm being kind with pinnacle, it's brought us to the antithesis of where we might have been after World War II when we we created the society of doers and achievers and everybody everybody was out to, to live the American dream. And if you go through, like I said, that chapter on song lyrics alone will take you on a journey from really wanting best the best in life to really wanting your best uh, your best check from the government on to sustain you and keep paying your your smartphone bill and I don't want to get terribly sardonic but really the the companies that uh, you and I work with the people that are their employees the people that work with them and for them are products of several of these generations there are I've met folks at casinos that have been there for 25, 30 years, and then I've met people who have never had a job, ever. They're, they just don't know the concept of working. Matter of fact, Ann Silver and I have had this conversation with Joy, and she goes out trying to find people to train right. and say, isn't it better to have some money in your pocket that, that you've earned rather than waiting on some kind of public assistance? So, again, I'm not trying to be morbid, but as a business person, I challenge everybody that's listening to look at their workforce. Who works for them? Who are the people that are, that are there? And in the book, I talk about the simple steps that we can take to do this introspection. Uh, I do a lot of management retreats where we go lock ourselves up for two or three days and those are always fun. I just did one in Sonoma. There was co- oh, copious yes. quantities of wine. <laughs> of course, but of course. <laughs> but the, the outcome is that it, it takes the business owners and the senior staff, and it puts a mirror up to them. 
and says, who are you, first of all, what are your goals? Are you looking to sell the company as quickly as possible? Are you trying to make it the best in class of whatever it is you do? Uh, or are you just trying to draw a paycheck? Uh, a lot of companies around here are now second generation, which is an interesting phenomena because junior seldom has the motivation that, that daddy had. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, if it's a family business, if it's a corporation, taking that time to look introspectively at who you are, first of all, where you want to go, and then recognizing the generations that work for you. Do you have any gray hairs like us? This, Our motivations are considerably different. I'm, I'm not ju- being judgmental. As I said, I have grandkids, and their value system is completely different than mine, but they all work hard uh, to get where they want to go. But without understanding that, without understanding who who is in your inner circle, who are the people that work for you, you're destined to to wind up in futility at at the minimum and failure at the worst. I read Entrepreneur Magazine, (laughs) but every time I read it, I get really angry. because you too, huh? uh, well yes because i sit here and i go I, I was reading one of the questions you know some entrepreneur sent in and they said yes we got you know we were funded for 50 million dollars from this new disruptive technology that we created it's been a year we don't have any money left but it's time to give all our staff raises should we go out and raise more capital so we can give all our staff raises And I sit here and I go, my gosh, what are we creating in this entrepreneurial mindset where people don't have to understand what it means to generate income? (laughs) (laughs) Bless their heart. I've I've been been with the Cube on and off for years, and they, they do some great work with entrepreneurial startups. But they don't invite me back to do the critiques anymore. But the last one was was a young man who was selling gift cards on the Internet. And his value proposition was there was no value proposition. <laughs> it was money in motion, and he just reached out and grabbed pieces of it as it as it went by. And what really got me was, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm presenting my here's my business plan. I'm going to present it to this austere group of business leaders. But once I get the money, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to go off and do what I want to do. The, the the whole raise thing is just a, you know, it makes my skin crawl. The, the work we we did at Dell Computer, you don't get an increase in base salary until you learn a new skill. It's just that simple. Now there are group incentives, and there are individual incentives that these people have and had. And uh, Dell is famous in the late '90s and early 2000s for creating the six-year millionaire. If you could stay there six years, you could you could retire with a million dollars worth of stock. Unfortunately, I chose to be a consultant, which <laughs> my wife keeps kicking me about. But the point is that increase in salary should be for a new skill, not because of longevity. Incentivizing people should be for producing defect-free products or services. So it's it, <laughs> some of them don't like that because it says that if we don't if we don't produce whatever our goal is, 99, 100%, whatever it is, then nobody gets a, a bonus. And that's not fair. Yes, it is fair. Why shoot low? It's not that hard to be excellent. 
It is to me, a, it's harder to be mediocre. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. You're absolutely correct. It's You have to work at it to be mediocre. You have to plan to be doing things that aren't exactly the way they're supposed to. Your, your skin would crawl if you sat in on some of the legal work I've done where companies have had an outright business plan. One of them, I, I have a copy of a transcript of a deposition where they admitted to having an acceptable kill rate. Oh, Literally. They said their product was dangerous. They knew it was dangerous. There's nothing they could do about it. People were stupid, and they were going to kill a couple of people a year. Of course, that led to an immediate settlement of the case. But I know a lot of your books are certainly around how to create what you call the Apollo business model and all the ways that you can really look at every area of your business, how you measure those outcomes. But it, it's a lot of it is just this is the way to do business if you want to be excellent. Absolutely. I did work with the Wyeth Pharmaceutical Warehouse in Sparks before they closed. And in 12 years, they had never shipped a package that was incorrect. Now, these are Sparks warehouse workers, and I loved every one of them. They were, when they were in that plant, there was not, nothing's going to leave that plant that isn't 100% correct. And I can teach you how that model worked if, you, if people are interested, but it worked. One of the uh, models I use in the book was inspired by a pizza place that used to be in the mall over here before it got torn down. And I met the fellow, his newest employee had been with him like 11 years in a pizza place. And he had taken the time to sit down and write out what customer satisfaction was for his business. And everybody that worked there was empowered to take action based on what the customer wanted. Nothing was impossible. How many times have you been to a nice, a good restaurant and said, well, I would rather have polenta than... And, well, that'll be an extra charge. I don't care. That's not the point. <laughs> right. The customer, you, you, you greet the customer, you treat the customer like they are, they are number one all the time. And, but you have to put limits on that. I mean, if you're, if you're uh, a store like Nordstrom's, they, they were taught the Nordstrom way, which is a book in itself, where if you didn't have the shirt the person wanted, you ran down to the – to the next uh, department store, got the shirt, gave it to him for free, and said, I'm sorry we didn't have it in stock. Our current business people, who you were alluding to earlier, don't set up the rules. They don't set up the rules for themselves. They don't set the limits on the people that work for them. I got my oil changed at one of the chains not too long ago, and he said, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. I said, and if I'm not happy, you're going to buy me a new car? He said, that's not what we had I like where this conversation is going, that in order for us to meet the demands of what our region is going to experience, everybody must reach that level of excellence. This is Kathy Halbadier from Nevada Industry Excellence. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she supports our outreach and efforts in economic development. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. 
If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Tom Taramina from Virginia City, Nevada. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has the passion for excellence. Sherry Hill is your next business advisor. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. And I have with me Tom Taramina who is a prolific author. In last segment, we were talking about his latest, his 12th book, It Was Rocket Science. But Tom has just an amazing background of quality control, management. I mean, you speak all over the country, you're on radio, you've written books, you're really well known in the litigation side world for people that uh, do bad things with their products and then are held accountable in court. But without getting into all your credentials and all of your knowledge, I really wanted you to come here today because we're talking about really what's going on in Northern Nevada, the Tesla effect, and your realization, because you come out of the um, Apollo 13, you know, all the, the space race, you were there, you helped put a man on the moon, and how did we accomplish that as a nation in, what, seven or eight years, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. I mean, that was massive. And you, of course, have boiled it down to individual business owners and companies and organizations that bring you in to really look at what are they doing, their processes, how do we, how do we become excellent? And so as we left the last segment, I like the track that we were on, because when you look at, we can go on and on about all the, you know, horrific customer experiences every one of us um, has, sometimes daily, for businesses that think mediocrity is acceptable. And, you know, my background in, you know, marketing and running companies and helping people start companies, I mean, I focus heavily on the marketing and the delivery of the customer experience. When we talk about how are we going to support and help a lot of the local businesses that are here match or even exceed what the expectation is from these large gigafactory owners coming in to say, we need excellence and we will accept no less. That's a great topic to finish up this segment on. And it kind of throws, throws the gauntlet down to all of the businesses and all the civic and community leaders in the area. You mentioned earlier about people being the best they want to be. Well, that's very individual, obviously. Uh, you can be the best at your sport. You can be the best at your business. Regardless of what it is, you're talking about passion. I can teach anything but passion. You have to have that, you have to have that somewhere in you. So if I'm a business person and I've been skating along all these years and Making a living, I'm, you know, I'm not belittling any business owner that's still in business, especially after 2008. Uh, I'm I'm working on my business. I'm working at my business instead of working in my business most of the time. So number one is people taking time to work 
in their business, to work at what is their business, what are they actually doing. So awareness, number one. Number two, the only way we can raise the bar in the community is by example. So we are diligently looking for companies that want to be the brand leaders. We're diligently looking for companies that want to excel, and we're, we're looking for companies who will create this model. The Tesla model, if you read Elon Musk's history and his different companies, it's a very, very radical departure from conventional business. He gives away his intellectual property. Uh, I had the same experience with Dell. Dell let me co-own all of the the uh, IP that I developed because they said we're you know we're two generations ahead of that now and everybody is welcome to it so here we have an entirely new paradigm i can't imagine sitting down with john farahi at the atlantis and saying john why don't we uh, all get together and share our our experiences in gaming uh, that that dog won't hunt but at the same time we can create uh, in in business leaders, a passion. We can create a, a passion based on demonstrable winning uh, companies. So look at Sierra Nevada Corporation, a, a, another com- local company that's seldom talked about, but it's a leader in aerospace. They, they very quietly go about doing their work, and they've just endowed the Osmond Center at UNR, built a, a wonderful uh, entrepreneurial center. Why don't, we, why don't we dwell on what they're doing and what Chris Howard's doing at UNR rather than looking at uh, a better way to, to run the casino? Why don't we find organizations that absolutely, I don't care if the, the owner is 20 or 90, they intend to be part of this new Northern Nevada business revolution they want their name somewhere you know, in the annals of, of the evolution of northern Nevada. So my, my quest right now is to find business leaders who want to take that leap. The nine steps of the Apollo business model are really quite, they're quite rote and simple. The guts to implement them is going to be really painful for a lot of people. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Tom Terramina, who is the executive director for the Center for Business Excellence. And I would encourage you to go out and check out cbenv.com to find out about all the great stuff that they're bringing to the region regarding education, information, transfers of knowledge, And I'm really looking forward to some of the workshops or classes that you guys are going to be putting on because it, as it, as we have stated, it, it's a much higher level of knowledge transfer from the people that are in your group, the Center for Business Excellence, down to business owners who have never really understood how to dramatically and effectively create an excellent business. Right. And we've done ever since I've lived here I've put on workshops for that 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 level of excellence and the demographics of them becomes very interesting let's say there's 20 people sitting in on one of these new topics as it were things you don't typically think about like genuine dialogue how do you talk to each other there's going to be 50% of the people in the room say well that was interesting right 
and they'll be better people for having heard it. There'll be another 20% that say, I'm going to go back and, and dig into this a little bit more. I'm going to try some of these things. Unfortunately, it's like going to one of these uh, management retreats where you fall into each other's arms and you jump off of buildings or whatever they do. When you get back to the office, nothing's changed. It's the same place you left two days ago. So that group that says, I'm going to go back to my company and I'm going to implement these things is, is equally frustrated. Then you have whatever the leftover percentage is, it's not very big, of those who say, uh, i got to do something differently. And that's the worst thing. I, I, I really have fun with some of my CEOs. I said, if you shave first and then brush your teeth in the morning, try reversing the order. And I come back a month later, and they said, it's impossible. <laughs> I've been doing it for so long, it's just impossible. I can't, can't reverse those two things. So the, the, the key to all of it is we've got to change personally. Um, you've known me for a long time. I, I hired a personal trainer this year and, and a nutritionist. I'm going to – I'm just turning 70, and I'm, my mom's 93, so I have incentive to – to keep on going. It was a very difficult decision. I've been making excuses for many years. But, you know, this 70 sounded like a good time for me to, to commit to myself, nobody else, to commit to myself to do things differently. One thing I've learned in the last 45 years, the only human that likes change is a wet baby. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. If you want to be the best company you can be, then get selfish and identify your goals. Again, if you want to sell the business in a couple of years, let's all work in that direction. The best thing a, a, someone who acquires a company can have is a company that runs on its own. And you don't have to hire the CEO and contract for three years while he plays golf and, and, and you just use the name. Let's, hire, let's buy a company that's running itself. That's very, very doable. Yeah. Well, Tom, thank you for being here. Always a pleasure and always love our interactions and Check out the Center for Business Excellence, cbenv.com, or you can reach out to Tom directly if you're like, wow, I think I need to bring this guy into my organization for some consulting or review of processes and procedures. Where would you like them to go? To oresonance.com is our current website. It has our contact information, um, email, phone, anything works. And the first hour is always on me. I, I love meeting new companies. I love sitting sitting down with people I haven't worked with before. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Sherry. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.